our Bibles this morning, open to the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter number 1. And we'll begin reading in verse number 15, Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 15, he says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Father, we do thank you that we can, Lord, just come this morning. We ask you just bless now as we open your word. Use it to speak to our hearts. Lord, help us to draw close to you. Be attentive and listen to what you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week we looked in verse number 15. We saw the testimony of, their ch- of the church of Ephesus. And he talks about, he says, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints. And he speaks about this testimony, about uh, the love that they had for the Lord Jesus Christ and the love that they had for others. Uh, and how important it is to have a right testimony and what people uh, think of you when they, when they think of your name. Who, who, what do they think of? Uh, do they think of Jesus Christ or they think of something else? What is it that they think of? But Paul knew that those two things, though, they are, though they're inseparable, their faith in Christ and the love of the saints, are just really the beginning. And uh, Paul says, I'm ceasing not to give thanks for you, making a mention of you in my prayers. And of course, we know prayer is an evidence of love for the saints. Uh, Paul says, I don't just say that I, I love you, but I'm even praying for you. Um, and that's the evidence of love as well as prayers. Many today will use the excuse that we are just too busy to pray, um, we don't have time, but really, if you think about Paul's life, um, he was an active missionary, um, always on the move, planting churches, evangelizing, counseling, uh, training, writing letters, dealing with prison, yet he found time to pray. So can we really say that we're just too busy not to pray? When Paul says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Spending time in prayer doesn't always mean in a quiet place on our knees, although that's something we can do. But we can pray while we're at work. We can pray while we're driving. We can pray while we're walking. I mean, we ought to be in that constant constant attitude of prayer. But what is Paul's prayer for the church here in Ephesus? This is what we're going to be looking at this morning is the prayer for the church. What is Paul's prayer for them? Is it that the church of Ephesus would grow numerically? No, of course not. Is it that uh, that, that church would be the, the largest church in town? No. Is it to grow? Yes. But how? Notice he says here in verse number 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation 
in the knowledge of him. Paul's prayer and desire for the church of Ephesus was that they would grow in their knowledge of God. To grow in their knowledge of God. Now let me ask you a question this morning. When was the last time you prayed and asked the Lord to help you to know more of him? When was the last time you prayed and just said, God, I need to know more of you? You see, our prayers can get caught up with things like money or a job or family or problems or sickness. And again, there's nothing wrong with praying for those things. But when do we ask him to help us to know more of him? Paul is saying, I'm praying for the church of Ephesus, and I'm praying that you would grow in your knowledge of God, in your knowledge of him, not just growing numerically, not just trying to, uh, to, to be a, a larger church, but he says, my prayer for you is to grow in the knowledge of God. I wonder if that is our desire. Do we even want to grow in the knowledge of God? Or are we just content? Okay, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I know my sins are forgiven. Jesus died on the cross. I know, I know I'm saved and I've accepted him as my savior. And so that's, that's all many times I'm afraid some Christians care about. We're not really concerned about growing in the knowledge of God. But Paul's prayer is that they would grow in this knowledge of God. And he shows us there are two essentials if a Christian is going to grow in the knowledge of God. And these things are are so important that Paul is praying and he says unceasingly, he says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And this is what he says, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. There's two essentials if we're going to grow in the knowledge of God. Notice what he says here. I'm just going to give them to you and then we're going to look at them. He says the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. These are the two essentials to grow in the knowledge of God. Now, before you get ahead of me, please don't don't think you know where I'm going with this. Sometimes we say, oh, the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. Oh, I know where he's going. Hold on. Because I think that maybe we might be moving in a wrong direction right now in our thought process. So let's, let's keep with the scripture. Let's keep with the word of God. What is the spirit of wisdom that he says here? He says that may he give unto you the spirit of wisdom. Well, wisdom is not just knowing who God is. Wisdom is not just uh, knowing that there is a God. Wisdom is knowing who he is and how to relate to him. How am I able to relate to God? It's not just knowing truth, but knowing truth and how to use truth. It's not just knowing what to do, but knowing what to do and how to do it. Because let's face it, we as Christians, we could all say there are things that we know that we're supposed to do. But the question is, how are we doing them? We could say, we all know, hey, I know I'm supposed to read my Bible, but how are you doing that? Are you just reading it to check it off and say, oh, I got my Bible reading done? 
How are you doing? See, it's not just knowing things. It's not just saying, yes, I know God, but how am I relating to him? Oh, I know truth, but am I using truth? I know what I'm supposed to do, but am I doing it? You see, wisdom is knowing how to live more fruitful lives for the glory of God. Fruitful lives. In fact, in James chapter 1, we find that wisdom is not the same as knowledge because wisdom can only come from God. In James chapter 1 and verse number 5, the Bible says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. God says, look, if you want wisdom, there's only one place to get wisdom. It's not a university. It's not online. The only place to get wisdom is from God himself. Now, you can get some knowledge from universities. You can get some knowledge online. You can get some knowledge in a classroom, but you're not going to get wisdom because wisdom only comes from God because God is the only one who is wise. Wisdom. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. In Colossians chapter 2 and verses 2 and 3, it says, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. God says, in him, in, in God is all the wisdom that we need. The wisdom that he wants to impart to us to know him, the spirit of wisdom. I like what Warren Wearsby said. He said about this, to know God personally is salvation. To know him increasingly is sanctification. To know him perfectly is glorification. As we know him personally, we have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. There is a time when we can look in our life and we say, yes, I know that I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Praise God for that. That is the most important decision you can ever make in your life. To know Christ as your Savior. To know that he is the only one who can forgive you of your sins. And that he's the only one that can give you that gift of eternal life. But then... There should be an increasing of our wisdom, an increasing of our knowledge of him. That's that sanctification. And this is what Paul is saying to the church of Ephesus. I'm praying that you would grow in your knowledge of God. I I don't want you just to stay as a baby Christian. I want you to grow in your knowledge of God. Now, we understand one day, and we can look forward to this and say, one day, praise God, there's going to be a day when Jesus is going to change our vile bodies, and we're going to have a glorified body, and we're going to be with him forever, for eternity. That's that glorification. And we can thank God that that's coming, maybe sooner than later. Who knows? Right? We can thank God that's coming. But guess what? We're not there yet. We're not there yet, but we should be past the stage of being a baby Christian. If you're saved now, if you're not saved, that's where you need to begin this morning. But if you're saved this morning and you know, and you know Jesus Christ as your savior, Hey, you should be past the stage of, of, of spiritual birth, right? You were born again. Now there's a process, this sanctification, this growing in the knowledge of God, because one day we're going to get to glorification, but that's not here yet. And so this sanctification process is where we are at today. And and here's what's amazing about the sanctification process. No one is the same. No one's at the same level. 
right? Some of you may have been saved just for a, a week or two. Some of you may be just saved since the beginning of the year. You know what? God's not expecting you to know him at the same level that somebody that's been saved 50 years. He, he understands that there is a growing process, right? Sometimes we can, we can get all worried. Oh, I just, I, I'm not like those Christians yet. I've only been saved for three months and, and I haven't read my Bible through 50 times. Well, that's okay, right? That's all right. That's not what we're talking about here, okay? We're talking about growing, okay? This sanctification process, and, and that begins with the spirit of wisdom. I like what Paul says. Look over with me to the book of Philippians, the book of Philippians chapter 3. Because we have to grow in wisdom to be able to grow in the knowledge of God. It's not just having knowledge, but using God's wisdom in our life. Now, let's, let's be honest, right? All right, stop what you're doing. I know some of you are still trying to find Philippians. Just stop what you're doing. How many of you this morning, you would be willing to admit... You'd be willing to admit that you can look back in your life and you would say there are some places in your life where you made some dumb choices. Look at all the hands in here. I can't believe all you here, right? Maybe that's why we're here, right? (laughs) We can all look back and say, I've made some stupid, I've made some dumb choices in life. Why? And and even here, here's the thing. How many of you could say that was me even after I got saved, yeah. What's the problem? We didn't use wisdom. We didn't use wisdom, did we? Now, was it because wisdom wasn't available? Huh? No, it's available. What did he say? If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men. Aren't you glad that's in there? To all, anybody. Anybody that's willing to ask of God for wisdom, God says, I'll give it to you. Now, here's the question, though. God can give you wisdom, but he's not going to force you to use it. You see, that's where wisdom comes in. I can know what is right, but am I going to do it? When I do what is right, I know what is right, and then I do it, that's wisdom. Just knowing what is right is not wisdom. Because, again, we've all known something was right, and we didn't do it. You see, we didn't use wisdom. And God says, as a Christian, now that we are, we are beyond this stage of being a, a baby Christian, but yet we haven't reached glorification yet, Paul is praying, he says, I'm praying that you would grow in the knowledge of God. Watch what Paul says here in Philippians chapter 3. It's such a powerful, pa- powerful passage here. In, in Philippians chapter 3, notice in verse number 8 what he says. He says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Think about what he says. He says, I count everything loss. All the things that were so important to me. And you think about it. Paul had, Paul had, a, he had a pretty good resume, Right? Earlier in, in the chapter here, Paul gives his, his resume about how he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews and how he was of the stock of Benjamin and circumcised the eighth day and a Pharisee and all these different things. I mean, he had a pretty good resume. He had a pretty good life going. And then he met Jesus. And he says, you know what? All of those things that were so important to me before, 
all of those things that, that the world said, this is what's really important. All of this, this ancestry of being a Benjamite and, and being so uh, uh, high up in the religious system, a Pharisee of the Pharisee and, and all these different things. He says, yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. He said, all of those things I'm willing to give up. I'm willing to count all of those things as loss so that I can know Christ more. He says, if there's anything that's keeping me from knowing Christ more and growing in the knowledge of God, he said, I'm willing to put all that aside. I'm willing to put that aside if it's going to keep me from growing and knowing God more. Watch what he says in verse number 10, that I may know him. You see, this is what he's saying. He said, I'm willing to count all of these things as loss. I'm willing to give up all these things that are so important to the world, that are so important to man. He said, I'm willing to give up all those things for what's really important, growing in Christ. Growing in that knowledge of God. Not just knowing about God. Paul knew a lot about God. But Paul said, I need to grow. That I may know him, Paul says. He was willing to suffer the loss of all that he had ever known. All that had been important to him to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Can I ask you, would you be willing to do that? Are you willing to give up everything that is so important to you? Are you willing to give up all that you've ever known if that's what it took to grow in the knowledge of God? You see, that's what Paul is praying. He's praying for this church of Ephesus. And think about what he's saying here uh, back in Ephesians chapter 2 or in chapter 1. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The word, the meaning of the word knowledge has to do with that, with a person having an intimate relationship with God. It's not just an intellectual knowledge of knowing about God. And yes, I know there's the Bible and I know there's church. No, no. It's about having a relationship with God and growing in that relationship. The wisdom of God. To grow in the knowledge of God takes the spirit of wisdom. How is Job able to say the darkest day of his life, blessed be the name of the Lord. How was he able to say that? Through the spirit of wisdom. He was growing in his knowledge of God. How was David able to encourage himself in the Lord when his family had been taken captive and his men wanted to turn against him? Because his relationship with God. It says David encouraged himself in the Lord. How were Paul and Silas able to sing and testify after being beaten and put in stocks in a jail cell? How were these men able to do this? Because they had grown in the knowledge of God. They weren't just content being, being baby Christians and just being spoon-fed and, well, you know, I'm going to go to church and that's where I'm going to get fed. Look, friend, if, you're, if the only time that you're trying to get fed spiritually is when you go to church, you're dying. You're dying. 
You're, you're not growing in your walk with God. You're not growing in that relationship with God. You don't have the spirit of wisdom. Because that's something that we need to do every single day is walk with him. Every single day we need that spiritual food. That's why Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every day we need that spiritual food. Every day we need to say, hey, you know what? I'm not a baby anymore. And yes, I haven't reached perfection yet in glorification, but I want to keep growing in this walk with God. I want to keep knowing more and more about him so that when I look back, I can see, hey, you know what? There's been some growth. I don't know if you have this in your home, but in, uh, in our home, we have a door. You don't have doors in your home? Oh, you do have doors. Okay. Well, we have a door, but this is a special door, right? This door, when you look at it, you open the door, you're like, man, that door is a mess. Because on that door, there are marks all over it, starting from the very bottom and going all the way up to about right here. Some of you will get that in a minute. You know what that door is? Every year, our kids want to see how much they've grown. And so what do they do? They, Dad, we got we to get to the door. So we take them over by the door. We put, put your feet against the wall. All right, up. And they stretch out as far as they can, right? You know. Oh, wait, that was me. Never mind. That was, that was a kid. <laughs> they, they get their head back and, you know, you got to measure and they look. I grew a half an inch. Yes! You know, they're excited about a half an inch, right? You know, some of, it, some of you look at me and say, I grew like three inches. They're so excited. What are they doing? There, there's a mark there to see, hey, I was down here, but now I'm up here, and I was here, and now I'm here, and I was here, but now there's growth taking place. You know what? Some of us, we're still, and we don't care about growing. And we ought to be able to look back and say, hey, you know what? There is growth. It may not be three inches every year. But every year, there ought to be some growth. I may have only grown an inch this year, but let me tell you something. It was a powerful inch. It was an important inch because I went through some difficulties and trials and things, and, and God just worked, and, and I didn't grow as much as I should have or I, I wish I would have, but I can tell you there, there's some growth there. Do you see growth in your life spiritually? Are you coming to know him more in that personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you have the spirit of wisdom? You see, because if we as Christians want to grow in the knowledge of God, we must be willing to seek the wisdom of God more than anything else. He says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Can I tell you, if you have no desire to grow spiritually, you will not grow. If you have no desire to grow spiritually, you'll not grow. And so many Christians are just content, just coasting through life. God says, I don't want you to coast. I want you to grow. I want you to grow. And Paul is saying, I'm praying for you, church. I'm praying that you would grow in the knowledge of God. But it takes the spirit of wisdom. It also takes, secondly, the spirit of revelation. You see, a person... Can, be, can only be known through a process of revelation. In order to know God, God had to reveal himself to us. You can learn about someone through reasoning. That's true. You can learn about them. But you will never 
really know a person until they reveal themselves. They will show you what they're like through their words. They will show you what they're like through their actions, through their expressions, their feelings, their likes, their dislikes. And the more you're around a person, the more you really get to know that person. You're not just trying to figure it out through reasoning. You're really getting to know that person. They are revealing themselves to you. We can learn a little about God in a small way through the evidence that we see of him in creation. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. So he says, just by looking at creation, we can see the eternal power of God. We can see that there is a God, right? Just by looking at creation, there are things that we can, we can kind of understand about God. We can see that he is a God of order. He's a God of order. You look at the universe, you look at mankind, you look at everything that God has done, he's a God of order. He's a God who loves beautiful things. Isn't it, isn't it just, just to go out and just admire the beauty and nature that God has created? I mean, whether it's the mountains or whether it's the oceans or the seas or whatever it is, just to, you just stand out there and we're just in awe that the beauty that God has created. We can look not only at the beautiful things, but we can also see that he is a God of variety. Look at the person next to you and say, praise God. <laughs> Aren't you glad he's a God of variety, right? He didn't just make all one tree. He didn't just make all one, you know, one animal. No, there's a variety. And thank God he doesn't make us all just to look and sound exactly alike. Man, there's variety. Praise God for that. That's a good thing. We can see that he's that type of God. We can see that he's powerful. But none of those things help us to know him personally. Those are just things that we can figure out about him. But we can only know him personally as he reveals himself to us. And God has revealed himself to us in two ways. He has revealed himself to us in the inspired word of God. We can know him through his word. But he has also revealed himself to us through the incarnate word. That is Jesus Christ. In the inspired word, he has said what he is like. We can, uh, we can read the word of God and we can see that he is a God of mercy and he is a God of love and he is a God of justice and he is righteous and, and he is holy. We can see that he has said those things in his word. And then through the incarnate word, through Jesus Christ, he shows us what he is like. We see the compassion of Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe, when he says, suffer the children to come unto me and forbid them not for of such is the kingdom of God. We can see the, the, the justice of God. He says, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Right? We can see who he is. We can read what he, what he is like, but even through Jesus Christ, we get to know more about him. We get to know more about who God is, what he likes, what he dislikes, what his actions are. We can see him through 
these two ways that he has revealed himself. By the way, this is why the Holy Spirit is so important in our lives. Think about, he says, the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, turn with me quickly there. We don't have time to look at the the whole passage here. But in Revelation chapter 2, as he's speaking about how God has revealed things unto man. In verse number 10, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit, the Bible says, the spirit of God. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Think about that. God says, just as no one truly knows you like you do, right? No, some of you raise your hand about the, the stupid mistakes and things, and, and you're just thankful that nobody asked you what those were, right? Because you wouldn't want to talk about them, but you know what they are. You know all the, the dumb things that you've done that you would never want to utter with your mouth, right? Because your spirit, your, your spirit knows everything about you. And God says the same thing. The spirit of God knows everything about God. It is God's spirit. He knows everything about God. And what does he say he has done with his spirit? He says in verse number 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit, which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. God says he has given us his spirit because he wants us to know him. He wants us to get from being a baby Christian to glorification through sanctification. He says, I'm giving you my spirit to help you in this journey. He he tells us in John chapter 14 and 15 and 16, he says, the comforter is going to come and he's going to teach you and he's going to guide you and he's going to help you to understand these things so that we can grow in our walk with him. But we, we look at the Holy Spirit and we just think, you know, we, most of us don't even really understand the Holy Spirit and what he's there for. We don't, we, don't, we don't understand that the Holy Spirit is there to help us in this journey. This is what he says. He is there. We have received the Spirit of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. He says, verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual He says the Holy Spirit is there as we're growing. He's going to help us to know, hey, that's wrong. This is right. Don't do that. Don't go there. Don't say this. Do this. He's helping us to grow so that we can continue moving forward in this process of sanctification, growing in our life so that we can look back and say, hey, man, I'm thankful for when I got saved. Praise God for that. But I'm glad I'm still not there. If you're still there, you've wasted a lot of time. If you're still there where you got saved, you're not being obedient to what he wants you to do. He's wanting us to grow, to grow in our walk with him, to grow in the knowledge of God. And Paul says, this is what I'm praying for you, church. Yes, thank God that you have faith and thank God you love the brethren. That's great. Those are important things. But you haven't arrived yet. You haven't arrived. You need to grow in your knowledge of God. You need to grow. And, and, and next week or in a couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at why this is so important to grow in our knowledge of God. Because he says we're going to need the spirit of wisdom. We're going to need the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of him to know him because there are some things that he has for us. And so many times we miss out on what God has for us because we're not concerned about growing in our spiritual walk. 
We're more concerned about our jobs. We're more concerned about our careers. We're more concerned about our families and our finances and everything else. We'll spend hours and hours on those things, but never take time to grow in the knowledge of God. That's why we don't even pray about it. We pray about all the things that are concerned to us, but we never say, God, I need to grow. God, I need to know more of you. Nah, we don't need that. We're saved. Isn't that important enough? Oh, I know one day, one day way over there, it's all going to be great. Yeah, but God says there's something between here and there. Are we growing between here and there? Or are we just stuck here? Can I tell you something? If you're stuck here, it's not God's fault. It's not God's fault. God says, I've given you my spirit. I've given you my spirit to help you to grow. That you can know all the things that I want you to know. That's why the word of God is so important. As we study the word of God and we search the scriptures, the Holy Spirit is able to help to teach us these things. God has given us a spirit to understand the deep things of God. But we just don't want to take the time to really dig deep. We just want it to be spoon-fed. We just want to be like the baby just get it out of the bo- just get it out of the can and feed it to the baby. That's all that's all no, he says you got to dig deep. If you want to know the deep things of God, you can't you can't get them there. You're going to have to start growing. Then you can understand the deep things of God. The word revelation, it means to reveal, to unveil, to uncover, to open. It's the spirit. It's his work to reveal the knowledge of God to Christians. But he can only reveal or uncover when we are looking and seeking for the knowledge of God. He cannot reveal if we're not looking. How how do you expect God to reveal something that we don't even know what it says? He can't reveal something that we don't, well, it's here. I know, I know it's there somewhere. Well, where, where, where? Search it. Dig deep. Why? To know him. To know him more. Take time. Don't just be satisfied that you're saved. And again, please, I'm not diminishing, by any means am I diminishing salvation. Please understand that. You can't grow in the knowledge of God unless you've first been saved. Unless you first know Jesus as your Savior. That is the most important thing. But friend, if you're saved and you know Christ, His desire for you is to grow now. And you can't grow if you're not in His Word. He says, I've given you my Word. I've given you my word so that you can know me. And we say, well, I just don't have time to know him. Jesus came to this earth and lived this life so that we could see him, to see God. I just don't have time to look. And yet somehow we expect to still grow. Somehow we expect God to still bless us. When we're not growing, we're not seeking him. We're not trying to dig in and find what he has for us. 
It's not going to work, friend. If a Christian has no desire to draw close to God, the Spirit cannot reveal more of God to him. If there's no desire to grow, can I tell you, it's not, it's not some magic wand that that's, God's going to send some angel down and whack you over the head and all of a sudden, wow, I've just got all this knowledge now. Not going to happen that way. It's not going to happen. What does Hebrews eleven six 6 say? He says that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I wonder, are we seeking him? Are we truly seeking to grow in the knowledge of God? This is what he says. Go back, to, go back with me to Ephesians. Think about what he says. Yes, I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus. I heard of your love unto all the saints. What a great testimony. And he says, I'm praying for you. I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. What is he praying? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. God says, Paul says, my prayer for you, church, is to grow in the knowledge of God. In order for you to know, grow in the knowledge of God, you must have a desire to grow. Can I tell you? It ought to be exciting to grow. It ought to be exciting. Just like the kids when they, man, they want, have I grown? Have I grown? Where, where am I at? It, oh, it, it's, it, yeah, man, look at that. It's been two years and I've grown a foot, right? I mean, it ought to be exciting to grow, to be able to look at a life and say, man, I, I'm so thankful that I'm saved, but you know what? I'm thankful that I'm not there. I'm thankful for what God has done in my life. I'm thankful that there's some growth. I'm thankful. Hey, I may not be where Job was. I may not be able to say on the darkest day of my life, the Lord giveth, the Lord blessed, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But I'm, I'm, I'm not there and I'm not here yet, but I can see that there's growth. I can see God's working in my life and he's taking me one step at a time and I can just sit back and say, thank you, Lord, for helping me grow. And God, I want to continue to grow. I want to keep growing. So we can know him more. To know him more. Do you have a desire to know him more? Or are you stuck? Stuck back there. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. He wants you to grow. He said, I'm going to give you the spirit of wisdom. I'm going to give you the spirit of revelation. I'm going to reveal myself to you. I'm going to show you who I am. I'm going to show you what I like, what I don't like. I'm going to show you how I, how I am. I'm holy. I'm just. I'm, I'm merciful. I'm loving. I'm, I'm a God of justice as well. Will you know me? Will you desire to know me more? See, that's on us, friend. If we have no desire to know God more, we will not know him more. But if we do, if we truly have a desire to know God more, he says, I'll help you. I'll give you the wisdom that you need. I'll reveal myself to you so that you can know more of me. So you can know me more. All those things, Paul says, all but loss. All loss. Why? That I might know him. I just want to know him more. 
wonder if their heads bowed and their eyes closed this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking about. two very simple questions for you this morning. Number one, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Do you know for sure that you're saved? If you were to die right now, are you absolutely 100% sure that you would be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ? If you say, Pastor, that's me, I'm absolutely sure. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. I know there's been a time in my life when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I know that. Would you just slip up your hand this morning and say, Pastor, that's me. Nobody else is looking around. Pastor, I know that. I know. God bless you. You can put your hands down. Friend, maybe you're here this morning and you couldn't raise your hand. You say, Pastor, I'm not sure that I'm saved. I'm not sure where I would go if I died. But I would like to know. I'd like to know how I could be saved. Friend, nobody else is looking about. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. But if that's you this morning, you say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not sure if I'm saved. Would you slip your hand up and let me pray for you? Just right now, just slip it up and put it right back down. Yes, God bless you. Somebody else, slip it up, put it right back down. Pastor, pray for me. I'm not sure if I'm saved. Friend, in just a moment, we're going to have an invitation. I'd like to invite you to come. If you're a man, I'll have a man talk with you. If you're a lady, I'll have a lady talk with you. And they'll show you from the Word of God how you can be saved. You can know for sure your sins are forgiven. That heaven is your home. We'd love to take the Word of God and show you that. Here's my second question. Christian. You raised your hand a moment ago and said, Pastor, I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved. Wonderful. Praise God for that. And may I ask you this morning, do you have a desire to know him more? Do you have a desire to know him more? Or are you stuck back at the beginning, stuck at salvation? He wants you to grow. You said, Pastor, I... I I've, I've grown. I can tell that there's been a time in my life where I've grown, but I don't feel like I'm growing anymore. I think I've, I've stopped. I've, I've gotten sidetracked. There's things in my life that have taken my attention away from knowing him more. And I need to, I need to have that desire again to know him more. Are you willing to count all things but loss? things that the world thinks is important, that the world thinks is of value, are you willing to say, you know what, those mean nothing in order to know him more? Do we truly have that desire to know him more? Father, I pray you'd work in our hearts this morning. Lord, help us to have a desire to know you, not just for salvation, but Lord, that we would grow and to know you more be in your word, to study, to dig deep, to use the wisdom that you've given to us. Lord, to be obedient to you. And Lord, to continue growing in this process of sanctification. Lord, help us with this. Lord, we need Christians growing spiritually. 
Lord, we know one day you're going to come and take us home. What a great day that would be. Lord, help us not to just sit around and wait for that day. Lord, help us to grow and desire to know you more each and every day. Father, would you help us? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed,